This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, It's hey. the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, Check hey, us out. Hey. It's the All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. podcast uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. Hey. Welcome. To the All Love No Fear podcast, episode 10. Episode 10. Wow. Episode 10. Gunshot out of the air. Go. Starting <laughs> from the beginning. It's the All Love hey, no, no Fear podcast. Podcast, hey, podcast. Hey. hey. So, Damn. welcome. Today is Father's Day. I'm feeling like a father because I am. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> father's, usually how that goes. My second Father's Day. Avery yeah. is awesome. Yes, she is. Everybody's feeling good. Hope everybody's feeling good. Shout out to the people listening on Spotify. Shout out to people listening on Apple Podcasts. Shout out to people listening on Google Play Podcasts, on the website. On Stitcher, Stitcher. on Blueberry, Podbean, all the spots. This is the All Love No Fear Podcast with your host, Miss Kristen K.B. Bennett. Hey, 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 hey. And your co-host, myself, Mr. Mark Metapoetic Bennett. Yeah. And we're here just to bring you episode 10. Before we even get into anything, I just want to say happy, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Yes. I know this comes out on Tuesday, but respect to the father. It's your month. Yes. Happy um, Father's Month, I guess. Great. Hopefully you got some better gifts than socks. Right. Hopefully. I, I got some great gifts. Kristen got me some great gifts, so I do appreciate it. And they weren't socks and ties. No, so, they were huh? not. So I do appreciate the gifts that I got. Yes. Um, and Avery also got you some some gifts that you will appreciate. Yes. She got me some Doritos, which I'm mad excited about. Yes. She's <laughs> really, she really knows her dad that, Avery. I'm very excited about the Doritos that I got. So I hope everybody's doing good. Um, I'm just kind of, like, I'm still kind of over how people treat Father's Day as second fiddle. It's kind of annoying sometimes. I mean, hmm. <laughs> like, even when it comes to, like, what I don't like sometimes, I don't like Father's Day sermons. I don't like Father's Day, like, guest speakers. I don't like any of that because when Mother's Day, those were like, mothers, that's the power of the mothers. They're doing great stuff. They do everything. Whoop, whoop. Mothers, mothers, which they do, which I appreciate. Mothers do a lot. Just, I don't understand why every Father's Day breakfast um, message got to be fathers. Get it together. Why y'all slipping? <laughs> Get it together, fathers. <laughs> like, why can't we yet? Why can't it be an empowering message for us? Like, hey, I see y'all doing good. Like, I feel like the messages are just are just different. <laughs> I don't. Want, I don't know what to tell you. I, just um, don't, I don't need to hear about all the fathers not doing too well every Father's Day. <laughs> I I I just want I just want us to get together. Like, Father's Day messages be trash. Father's Day sermons be trash. A lot of times. Lot <laughs> I just of times. want people to get together. Yeah. There, but, um, there'd be a lot of inadvertent shade thrown at y'all, and I'm just like, well, I mean, hmm. Yeah. But I can't really. Nobody throws shades at mothers, so. Thank, thank you. I, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I, I don't make the news. I just report it. Um, the people do what they want. I, I, I'm just there. 
That's it. Yeah, I just want them to get want them to get it together. That's all I would like. Put some respect on your name. Just just a little respect. Would and be I ain't great. gonna say it no more. That's fine. Put some respect on it. Da-da-da-da. Put some respect on it. No. All right, Madam Hamiltons. Yo, y'all need to get into the Hamiltons, like put some respect on it. Like find the video on YouTube. It's great. It's <laughs> hilarious, but also the vocals are lit. Yeah. Get into it. All right, so we're going to go right into our Love It or Lose It. Yes. Love It or, or Lose it. it. Love It or Lose It. Love It or Lose It. Love It or Lose It. Oh, yeah. Love It, Love It, Love It or Lose It. Lose It, Lose It. Lose it. Lose it. Ooh. Okay. With KB. Yes. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> what? You want to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. So, this week's Love It or Lose It. Hmm. This is another food-based one, and this one's hard because I don't have an answer for this. So, what would you love and what would you lose out of the following four choices? Okay. Sweet plantains, jerk chicken, mac and cheese, roti. <laughs> oh boy okay. um so, none of these is the right answer for me none of them so plantains sweet plantains sweet plantains not not uh not um platanos platanos yes okay um sweet plantains c jerk chicken c roti c and macaroni and cheese. And macaroni and cheese. Baked macaroni and cheese. Baked not the craft. Ma- Gotta specify. I feel like you threw that in there for no reason because it's not even like. To... Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I feel like you just put that in there just to make me upset. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like I have to go backwards with this one. Okay. I, have to, I feel like I have to do love it first. I have to go backwards because I got to figure out okay. what's last on the list. C. Because. I'm not throwing a red roti. It's not going down. I know. Because when we hit Barbados, first place we going. Chefette. Chefette. It's every going time. <laughs> and we're going to eat like 50 rotis in Barbados. Like literally every time we go to Barbados, it'd be like we get off the plane, bet, Chefette. Because there's one at the airport. So already, Chefette. If we don't get the one at the airport, we're trying to find one by the time we get to the hotel. Yeah. We have Chefette, have a roti. It's lit. Yeah. The and, next day. And my, and my, my fake behind every time we drive past. Oh, shoot. Is that Chefette? Let's get a roti. Oh, I don't know the Chefette. I know where all the Chefettes are. We know we know where they all are. <laughs> Within like a five mile radius of where we're staying. We know where all of we the know Chefettes where are. They all are. Where they all are. But every time we be like, oh snap, that's a Chefette. You know what? <laughs> I might could get a red fruity and a roti. Word? Oh, I heard, they, I heard they got rotis over there. Let's what? Let's go get that roti. What? Let me go see what they got. I promise you. We didn't eat anything but rotis at Chefette the whole time we went. <laughs> Mind you. They got they have home menus. They have whole menus. They have like chicken. Burgers. They've got burgers. Fries, they've got pizza, pizza. Like they've got so many things. And we was all like. But the roti. But, but the rotis though. Like, let me get that roti. And I promise you. How many Chefettes did we go to last time we went to Barbados? Like we went to the one in Oyston's. Yeah. We went to the one at the airport. Yep. We went to the one in Rockley. Yep. We went to the one over by. What was it? Um. Fontabelle, I guess, is what what that area is called over there. Yeah, Bridgehampton. And then Bridge Bridgehampton. Bridge Bridgestone. Bridge, Bridge, Bridge yeah, I'm like, what is Bridgehampton, yeah, baby? I'm, I'm, we don't. Think, I'm mixing too many things together, sir. Bridge Bridgestone, sir, sir, yeah. sir. You've been twice now. Come on, come <laughs> on. Don't, don't 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 do me like this. <laughs> Goodness, Bridge, Bridgetown. Bridgetown. And did we go to one when we were in St. James? 
That time, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Did. But no. there is one over there. We went to the Bridgetown one. Yes, I remember that's the one that was on the street we walked to. To walk to the um to the rum the rum place. Yeah. The Mount Gay. Also, go to the Mount Gay. By the way, Barbados. Like, I'm an unofficial um, tourism ambassador for Barbados. In case yeah. people don't know, um, if and when you do visit my beautiful island, please check out the Mount the Mount Gay Rum Distillery. Um, Mount Gay, some of the oldest rum in the world, if not the oldest. Um, and you're gonna get litty by the time you leave. Word. Because they let you sample about five different ones, and when you come in, they greet you with a very strong rum punch. So, you know, eat your Wheaties before you go. You don't want to be throwing up at the spot. But you'll be lit by the time you go because they're literally just giving you shots of rum repeatedly for free. Yep. And that and that factory makes all the Mount Gay rum. Makes all the Mount Gay rum that is distributed in the world. And you can buy some of it before you leave and whatnot. It's a blast. But anyways, back to back to roti mac and cheese jerk chicken and plantains. Mark. Okay. So roti love. So that's that's going first. That's mm-hmm. number one. Right, mm-hmm. and you have jerk chicken, macaroni and cheese, and plantains. Yes, I think my lose it will have to be plantains, <gasps> and I know you were not excited about that. How could you? And I'm only saying that based off of jerk chicken and macaroni and cheese. I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> You're a stranger to me. I'm only saying that because huh. out of macaroni and cheese and jerk chicken, I can't. Those two will always be higher than plantains to me. Hmm. If someone put those three in front of me, the other two are going first. Okay. All right. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think this is grounds we need to go to marriage counseling because right. plantains. What? <laughs> I'm just. I know you love plantains. After, after everything that we've been through, after <laughs> everything that I've taught plants. you, you would throw plantains. How could you, Mark? I know. My heart is broken. But jerk chicken and macaroni and cheese are different. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. It's but your, pla- it's but, your, pla- but it's plantains your are great. Like, it's just out of that list. Okay. Like I feel like Mark Francis now. <laughs> like you, you, you made you made, you did this to me. I did this to you. It's your. It's, it's you my made, fault. It's you my made fault. this happen. You made me throw away plantains. Well, you said I need to make them more challenging. Blah 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 blah. So I came with a challenge. I know. Well, I'm just saying. So that's. So yeah, that's that's what happened. Um, so my lose it will be plantains. I love plantains. Let's get that. Not enough that. to keep them. But I do like jerk chicken roti. And macaroni and cheese more. Okay. All right. In my level of food situation. And I've... And because not everybody makes good plantains. That's a valid point. So it's... it's, it's um, it, it, I've... Like, very, it's not it's not like everybody makes good plantains. I think everybody thinks they make good plantains. It's true. It's true. I've been disappointed by plantains before. <laughs> I've They've looked like it was going to be lit, and then I bit into it, and I said, oh... <laughs> Like sadness. So I, I think that's um that's part of it too. Ah, <sighs> fine. Okay, Mark. I understand you had to make a choice. You made the choice. It's fine. Word. Okay, so for me, for your lose it, my lose it in this conversation is jerk chicken. I know. I think I know why. Because people have made bad jerk chicken and messed your whole stomach up. Fam. Fam. <laughs> <laughs> like jerk, like I enjoy jerk chicken. I, I, I understand why you say that. Like I enjoy good jerk chicken, but if I had a a a buffet in front of me, with these four things in it, the jerk chicken is probably the thing that I'm going to be the most hesitant to grab, without question. Um, 
Okay. I, I, I think I thought about the other way around. I thought about like at all of them at peak taste, which one would I still thought. That, yeah. I thought about the other way around. You thought about it in terms of which one, if they were all like the worst kind, which one would you like, nah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get that. Yeah, like I... The worst one you've had. Yeah. Like you probably had worse jerk chicken than worse. Than worse, yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. And I think I'm not, I'm very much an islander and I will be one till the day I die. But like jerk chicken is not one of those things that is like a if I don't have it, I'll die type of thing. Like I can swerve past jerk chicken. Like jerk chicken is one of those things I feel like I have to be in the mood for and it has to be from the right place from the right person like I it's yeah there's a lot of conditions with eating jerk chicken for me and it's not it's not a thing that I'm like like I enjoy it when I have it but it's not like a I'm running towards that every time I see it because I feel like jerk chicken can go really badly and not to say these other things can't go badly because all four of these things can go badly but jerk chicken is one of those things where I feel like I have a very particular kind of way I want jerk chicken to taste Mm -hmm. and it's not always that way. Like, I've tried jerk chicken where they're just literally using the word jerk because nothing about chicken is jerk. It's not spicy. <laughs> they, I Nothing about it is jerk. And then there are times when it's like, I can't even put this chicken in my mouth and chew it because it's so freaking spicy. Like, my nose is running, my eyes are running. That's not enjoyable to me. That's mm-hmm. not an enjoyable eating experience. So I feel like because jerk chicken, the levels of consistency aren't the same from person to person, place to place, whatever the case is. If I had to make the choice and say I would I would lose one, jerk chicken is it. Okay. My love is a hard one. Because I love roti. I do. Word. I love roti. And for the most part, I've never had a bad roti in my life. I don't think, I can't I, think. I've definitely had bad roti in my life. When I say I haven't had bad roti, the flavor of the roti wasn't bad. I just didn't enjoy the fact that somebody gave me a chicken roti with bone inside of the roti. Like, says, how am I supposed to? I've, I've had roti with, like, chicken with bone in it, and, like, that was it. I'm like, mm that was garbage. But I, I've never had one where, like, flavor-wise it was bad. Okay. It was just, like, the way it was presented. And I guess some people present roti, like, kind of open with, like, you know, the, the, the contents inside of the roti skin. And then other people kind of like how Shafet and other places does and what I'm used to is it being like rolled up like a wrap and you Correct. can kind of eat it like how you would eat a burrito. So I I don't think I've ever had a bad roti in my life. Um, Have you had a roti with too much curry? There's no such thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pour on the curry. Um, I actually prefer a very, very curry heavy roti. That's my personal taste preference. Just not curry, very curry heavy anything else just yeah. like without the without, without the bread yeah like okay. i don't like like just like curry chicken just and i don't want that Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. i need other things um but yeah i i if i had to make a choice of which one i loved most out of the other three i'm gonna go with plantains okay i i, I agree with that I love me a plantain. Like if I see a sweet plantain somewhere, like my I get so you, you, choo- you choo- happy. Yeah, when we go out, you choose that number. You always I like love but the plantain. It. But you, the plantain, you, you will pay the extra for the plantain. Oh, absolutely, time. absolutely. I'm like it's an extra dollar for the plantain. That ain't no problem. I got it. I got it. Throw <laughs> the plantain in there, sis. You, yeah, you will pay. The, you will pay the extra for the plantain every time. Every time, I love me a plantain. Love it, love it, love it. Like I could eat plantains all day long and be fine. 
and they can be baked, they can be fried, but they have to be fried right because I don't want no soggy plantain. That's disgusting. But plantains are it for me because mac and cheese, I still kind of feel like I don't always want that. Okay. Like there are times when I'm like, eh, I'm not in the mood for all that. And then mac and cheese is very, very, you know, everybody don't bake their mac and cheese the same. Some people bake it and it's like, you know, like how Barbados, you know, and other islands kind of have like more of a like a macaroni pie. It's more of like a solid, solid situation. Then there are other people who have like kind of a, uh, uh, not watery, but like a more loose mm-hmm. um, consistency to their macaroni and cheese. So mac and cheese, I, I love mac and cheese, a good, a well-made mac and cheese. But, um, you know, that's, that's you know, that, I'm, I'm pretty discriminate about that as well. Yeah, I, I, I think how, how we're viewing the question, I think, is why the answer is that way. Yeah. Because like, I, 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 I thought about it in terms of if they were all at their peak, which one would I? Yeah, if they're all at their peak, though, I'm still getting rid of jerk chicken. I'm still not keeping it. I'm still eating the plantains till the cows come home because they're lit. Okay. They're lit. And, you know, people be like, oh, I don't really like plantains. Whenever somebody says they don't like plantains, I'm just like, something's wrong with you. What like, has happened to you in your life? Like, I'm, I, I, would, I would consume peak jerk chicken, peak roti, and peak macaroni and cheese before I eat peak plantains. If I had known this about you before I married you, I don't know. All right. You'd be on the fence. This is... Because my love for plantains goes deep, and I just I don't understand <laughs> what your problem is. I need why you, to you... Simmer down. I'm I'm simmering. I'm simmering. I just <laughs> I want you to know down. that I feel tricked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok because you don't share my level of plantains, of love, and it, it hurts me. <laughs> it hurts me deeply. But I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward. It's I, gonna be fine. I, I hope so. You're a jerk. Whatever. <laughs> I hope everything is fine. <laughs> you hope everything is fine. That's fine. I hope, I hope you get through it. So thanks, guys, for listening to us go back and forth about this love it or lose it this week. And I definitely look forward to the commentary that people have about this because I know the Islanders that listen to this are like, none of these decisions are acceptable. None of these choices are acceptable. Yeah. N- none of them, <laughs> which yeah. is why it's it's been fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pe- people have been texting us angrily about some of our choices, nah, which, is, like, which is fine. Mass saucy. <laughs> I'm like, yo, get out of my text, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like what was it what was our love to lose last week fries yeah and one of our listeners pulled up and was like yo y'all would get rid of mcdonald's though yeah yeah pull up <laughs> <laughs> like i will every time it's fine yeah i i said what i said yep so um before we get to our main topic i kind of want to clear up something because I, I guess i when when you um, when you said it last week i was trying to like put it together of what I meant to say. Okay. So my fifth love language is receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. And like, it comes off as saying is like, I don't want to receive gifts. And I don't think that's it at all. I think I like gifts. Mm-hmm. Gifts are still cool with me. Right. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm anti gifts. Right. So if you want to get me a gift, anybody, please, please <laughs> still get me a gift. Don't, don't take anybody. away gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. I, yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, Please, the gifts is cool. I think what I was trying to say is I don't put emotion attached to it. I don't put the love emotion attached to the gift. Right. I think that's where it is. Um, the gift is cool, but I don't, I don't attach the love emotion to it. I think the gift is just a gift, and I'm, I'm happy about the gift, but I don't know if I put the, the love part with it. I'll put the service of getting the gift as the love portion. Okay. But the actual gift, I don't, like, whether, how expensive, whatever it is, I don't count that or the sacrifice of giving the, I don't don't count that as the love emotion for it, I guess. 
and I'm not sure if that plays into. I don't know what that, I, don't, I don't know what that plays into, <laughs> but I I I I, I, I don't think um, I don't count that the gift as if someone if someone doesn't get me a gift but they do other things I don't count that as someone love me any less. Okay. Or love me any more. I, I I think that's that that's what that means. I don't I don't I, I think gifts are cool. Mm-hmm. I just don't put the love emotion behind right, it. Right. Right. And I think one of the things it said, I wish I had the paper with me still, but yeah. basically it said something like for people who um receiving gifts is like one of their big love languages like not receiving a gift on their birthday or a special holiday or anniversary or something like that is like majorly huge to them and feels very much like they're not loved correct and if if it's forgotten and not and a gift isn't given like and, they feel and, like they're not loved and based and you know what you know about me is like i i, I people forgot my, my birthday a few times right so like i don't i i've learned not to attach that to if the person cares or not Right, because I'm like, all right, they, like I don't think they didn't get me a gift because they don't care. <laughs> they just forgot about my birthday. Right, but me, so, so because like, because I enjoy receiving gifts. That's my main love language. If somebody forgot my birthday and didn't get me a gift, I would definitely be like, I don't know about you. Yeah, and how you feel about me because you ain't getting me no gift and yeah. you ain't remember. And the gift doesn't have to be like for me. It doesn't always have to be like something tangible. It's it just acknowledgement. Just like it's just like an acknowledgement, you know. Like even if you just like sent me a card or something, like that's cool. It doesn't have to be like a giant whatever. But like I, I because that's one of my major love languages. I would feel away. Yeah, and I, I, I think, and I, I was, I was trying to put together like why do I feel that way, and I think that plays into like I said. Because um, growing up, like, if anybody knows how certain households are, if um, someone's birthday, if a bunch of family members' birthday are the same month, y'all celebrate together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had the same birthday as my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, not the same, same birthday, birthday but, but her birthday was the day before. Mm-hmm. So, like, her birthday overshadowed mine every time. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of times it was like, happy birthday, grandmother. And then also you too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, so I, I've never, like, was very big on my own birthday right for that reason so like i never like so like it's not like i, I didn't get received gifts but it just that wasn't the the, en- the the energy about it wasn't wasn't was never high so right. i've never attacked but i've but i always knew that my um family still cared about me it's right. just they just didn't put that much stock in the birthday right so like that's why i was like all right i just didn't i don't think i attached the the gift giving or remember birthday to love Right. It's something that you wanted to do for somebody. And the act of service, like I said, was the love, but the actual gift. I don't think I put too much stock in. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes the gift was an afterthought for me. Right. So I, I didn't put too much stock in the gift. Right. Which I guess makes sense. And I, I guess I have to think more about why the receiving gifts is such a big thing for me. On On the surface level, I think it might be because, like, my grandparents weren't like, you know, they were West Indian and older. And so, you know, they weren't like the huggy, I love you type of people. But like they would get like little things for me when I was younger to like kind of show it. And like especially for like Christmas and my birthday and like Easter, like certain things, I always got like some gift. Even if it wasn't like a huge thing, I always got something. And I guess because they didn't verbalize 
you know, I love you or they didn't they weren't like super touchy feeling and huggy. Like that was their way of showing it. And so I think maybe that's why which is I place like why that probably is such a high level of that's why it's probably why it's such a high level love language for me. Yeah, and physical touch is low. And physical touch is low. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting how like our upbringings kind of dictate some of these things later <laughs> on in life because I'm like yeah because they weren't much huggers I was just like okay cool so now as an adult I'm not much of a hugger toucher person I think what's well, I think the most interesting thing to me is your number three which is words of affirmation mm-hmm. because like even what you're saying like you're saying like people didn't really say verbalize everything but that's still a high love language for yeah, you yeah yeah like I, I I will not not take a word of affirmation I will absolutely receive it for sure but um yeah, it's it used to be higher, but I think it's changed over time. Okay. Yeah, because I think when I did the 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 test, like when we were dating, it was number two. Okay. I think receiving gifts was still number one, but the number two one was words of affirmation. Yeah, I think I remember that too. Yeah, so that's why I was like, I thought it was interesting when I took it again recently, and it was went down. One. It went down. I was like, hmm, interessante. But okay, so let's move on to our topic for today and um, what we want to talk about this week is millennials in church so as you know mark and i are christians we've said that several times if you've listened to this podcast um and we've we were talking in the car recently about how um i want to clear up like i I, uh, before you continue okay um, I want to clear up like what millennials are. Cause yeah, I, I was I, I was gonna get there. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so first of all, so yeah, we wanted to talk about millennials in church because um, there have been conversations we've had and things we've seen recently about like you know why like younger people aren't going to church and blah 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 blah. We've heard several conversations, discussions, whatever you want to call it, about that. So first of all, millennials are not today's college students. They are not. No. A lot of people use the term millennials to refer to anybody who's young. That is incorrect. And uh, I hate when people use that term because when they're talking about millennials, they're talking about like irresponsibility or like when they when they use that term, they're trying to link it to um, irresponsibility and just being, you know, young and silly, blah, 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 blah. Millennials are people born between 1981 and 1996. So I am a millennial. Mark is a millennial. A lot of these college students are not millennials because they were born in like 2000, 2001, 99. They're Generation Z. We are millennials. Correct. If you are between at this point 22 and 37 years old, you are a millennial. Yeah. Bottom line. Just so we you know, are clear on what a millennial is. Or Generation Y is another way of saying it too. Yes. Millennials or Generation Y, whichever one, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a 25 year old. Yeah, I, I think um, millennials, um, Generation Y, why it's um, we're 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 unique. We've always been unique because we've had we've we understand before and after the technology boom. Yes. So we under we know pay phones, but we also know cell phones. Right. We know house phones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we um uh, like so it it we, we know dial up internet. Correct. And uh, so like we we um we're, we 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 have a weird place where we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're 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 kind of we kind of straddle the fence of two like cultural like periods in Correct. our lives. Correct. Um, but the reason we wanted to talk about this is because Mark and I are active churchgoers. Um, 
we are fairly active in our church. We used to be a lot more active when we were a little younger, but, you know, we got married, had a kid, started working more, whatever. Our, our activity level has decreased. But um, when I often tell people that I go to a church, like, on a regular basis, it's kind of like, a, oh, okay. Um, and I know a lot of people my age who were born and raised in church, their parents still go, you know, their family's very involved, but they don't feel necessarily the intense desire to participate or be a part of a church. They'll say things like, I'm spiritual, but not religious, which, you know, I'm like, all right, okay, that that sounds a little vague, but all right, live your life. Um, they'll say, you know, I believe in God, I have faith, whatever, I just don't go to church. You have some people who grew up in church who are now, you know, like I said, millennials and are sort of like, I don't believe there is a God, I'm an atheist, or there are people who have moved from Christianity to other faiths, whether it's Islam, Judaism, African-based religions, et cetera, et cetera. And so in light of that and seeing how many people of our generation seem to be moving more away from church and from Christianity in general, um, I d we wanted to talk about it a little bit and just kind of, you know, flesh it out and see if we can come to some type of understanding about it. And, you know, if you guys have thoughts, comments, you know, you absolutely know where to email us and let us know on social media and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, I guess when I think about the question of why millennials aren't really in church like that or are moving away from church, I think one of the reasons is because, and we were talking about this yesterday, um, a lot of younger people that grew up in church saw a lot of like wildness as they were growing up, whether it was like interpersonal issues with the adults around them or the adults around them treating them, you know, poorly. Because let's be honest, um, in some of our churches, especially our black churches, the older members treat the younger kids and the younger adults terribly. Correct. They talk to them crazy. They say terrible things about them. They presume all types of things about them. And it's like people don't forget. Mm -hmm. So when these kids grow up and they go off to college, they remember all that shady, wild stuff that they saw between y'all. And if that's all they know, that's the only church they've ever experienced. How how can you say that they're wrong for saying they don't want to be a part of the church? They've seen an example of something that is counterintuitive to what it is church is supposed to be or what they're being told church is supposed to be. So I, I can see why you would be like, oh, these church people are mad fake. They be talking trash. Da, 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 da. I don't want to be a part of a church. I don't want to be a part of that situation. Yeah. And it's not only um, what you see, but also like um, the view of if I mess up and how people are condemned. Right. So it's not only, um, like, number one, it's the way that um, the people view the church, which that that can be a different conversation because right. um, um, sometimes churches not view the way it should be as a hospital instead of a club. <laughs> right. An organization, like a club organization should be more of like a hospital, but it's not viewed that way because everybody tries to show um, airs of we have it together. Right. All right. That's number one. But um, also just how um, people quickly condemn certain things that people do, and it's very picky and choosy how what we condemn. Right. And um, and I think that's kind of part of it also. Like um, 
like I remember uh, growing up, like when we, if like how we condemn like little girls if they found out that they've um had sex or anything like that, like they've been like completely shunned from the church a lot of right, times. Right. Um, if they've had a child out of wedlock, it kind of completely shunned out the church, and it, it, it's so many things. And not, not of course, not the not the boy that they with, but always right. the girl. The boy who go to the church, who mama and them go to the church. That little girl that get pregnant by herself. Her and old boy was was getting getting busy, yeah. but we we down cry the girl and call her all types of names and say all types of things about her. That girl grows up and remembers. Yeah. She's not now. Y'all can't now turn around and look at that girl when she's like a grown woman and her child is like, you know, preteen, teenager and be like, oh, hey, so and so I miss you around the church. Now nah, you talk mad trash about me mm-hmm. way back when. And I remember. Yeah. 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 Like I'm, I'm, like I'm never going to see you in this community as a community of people that's supportive of me. Correct. Because when I, when I made a mistake, y'all trashed me. Y'all talked most trash about me. You made me feel like I was nothing. You made me feel like I was like the, the, the scum of the earth. You can't embrace me now on some hey, we miss seeing you. I stopped coming here because y'all. Yeah, because you have to remember, especially someone who is young, their view of what Christianity is based off the people that they're around. Pretty much, pretty much. So if they see the people around acting a certain way or treating people a certain way and say this is what Christianity is, they say, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. And they're not saying I don't want to be part of this church. They say I want to be part of Christianity because right. this is what you told me. Because this what, is what Christianity looks like to me because this is, this is all I know. Right. And everything. Right. So like that kind of changes their whole mindset of what Christianity is. Right. Because even if you think think about what um, a lot of times what people don't want to be in part of Christianity has a lot to do with like their experience. They say like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because of this, this, and this, which have nothing to do with what's in the Bible. Right, it has nothing to do with what's in the Bible. Nothing to do with like a relation their relationship with God. They're just like, I don't want to do the people. And I know a lot of people who are Christians who are like, I don't go to church. I will never go to a church. I want nothing to do with community with people. And I know, you know, a lot of people quote that scripture in uh, Lord, what is it? Romans, First Corinthians. I'm not a great scripture quoter, so to some people, I might not be a great Christian, and it's fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> which which scripture are you talking about? Talking where about it talks about, um, you know. It's a scripture that everybody uses when they want to say, but the Bible says you need to be in communion or in community with other with other like-minded believers. I can't think of where it's from for the life of me. I know it's in the New Testament. It's definitely after the Gospels, um, but I can't think of the actual scripture off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, people use that a lot, and it's like, but if we also have to understand people's hurt, and the and the and the things that they've gone through and say you know what I understand why you don't want to be a part of a church community and then you use your relationship with them if you have a deep one a deep enough one to show them that there is value in community with other believers but you can't you can't dismiss that and tell somebody to get over their church hurt like you have to really work with them to 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 get them to see that that one church experience is not the be all and end all and that there are really good people out there who are trying to live up to what it means to um, be a Christian and to love your neighbor as yourself. Correct. Um, um, go ahead. So there's a few scriptures when like-minded. Um, I, I'll read a few of them. I don't know which one you're talking about. 
Uh, Romans 15, 5 says, Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another, mm-hmm. according to Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, 1 Peter 3, 8 says, Now finally all of you should be like-minded and sympathetic, mm-hmm. should love believers and be compassionate and humble. And 2 Corinthians thirteen eleven says, Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. I think it might be that Second Corinthians one. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, that's that's all fine and good, but yeah, um, I don't I don't want to do this with people who um, have been hurtful to me, and I think it's harder to do it in a church you grew up in when you have had that hurt, and the people that are still there have been orchestrators of that hurt. Because forgiveness is a really, really, really hard thing to do. And, you know, I think that we we as Christians oftentimes, like, throw the forgiveness Band-Aid on things and say, just forgive. Nah, it's not that easy. Um, and, it, you know, the whole, it's not for them, it's for you. Nah, that's that's easier said than done. Correct. Um, you it's know, true, but it, it is easier said than done. It is easier said than done. And we have to give people the space to figure out what the process of forgiveness looks like for them. And it may not be a one-time thing. It might take, you know, a couple of times of attempting to practice forgiveness before it actually takes and becomes a real, like, tangible thing that a person can say, you know, I've forgiven this person or this situation or whatever the case is, and now I can, like, move forward. And it's, um, it takes longer to forgive now, of course, like the goal is to forgive um, the person, but it's wrong to forgive if the person doesn't acknowledge their wrongdoing. Also. Exactly. It's just, hard, exactly. it's just harder to, for someone to forgive somebody. Exactly. Who just refuses to acknowledge that they even did anything. Correct. It just, it just becomes harder to forgive. Right. Right. And, you know, I think that that's a lot of the reason of why a lot of people are in our age range, excuse me, don't go and actively participate in the church anymore is because having to see those same people walking around and acting like they've never done anything to you specifically for years and years and years, and they never will apologize. They never will acknowledge it. They never will accept what they've done. Like that's hard to do. And I, 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 I've never experienced anything to that level on my own, but like I can understand why that experience will turn someone off of church and honestly like all you can do is like pray for that individual and pray that you know one way or another god will lead them back to a faith community that they can you know find find um fellowship and and you know uh and community in because that's i feel like that's essential like i don't know if i could really sustain as a christian if i didn't have a church that I could go to on a regular basis like it's cool for me to like do bible study and read by myself and do devotionals and stuff like that but there's something about being in a community that helps kind of tie it all together for me yeah and so I would feel weird if I spent like a lengthy period of time not having some type of community but like I also get why people choose not to be a part of that correct um, I think another reason that millennials don't really do church like that is because it's just not modern yeah. and, and, and not modern in the sense like I need 
you know, like that mega church feel with like, you know, no, it, it's, it's, you know, a, a concert is praise and worship and we've got big screens all over the room. Like, it's not, that's not what I mean when I say modern. I mean, modern in the sense of like, there's a few things. I, I, I what I've always said is, um, for our age range between 25 to, well, uh, 20, 22. Yeah, 22 30, to 37. 20, 37. We're very much about order, mm-hmm. about having things in a certain order and things to make sense uh-huh. and everything. And sometimes things... Well, 38, I guess, if you're born in 81. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes things don't make sense to them. Yeah. <laughs> and like things have to make sense for me to want to be a part of something. Right. And I think that that kind of plays into it also. Like... Um, that that's why it's like in terms of modern, just like having things laid out a certain way. This is how this is going to go. This is more order, <laughs> um, more um, there's something to recall back to. Uh, I don't want to come to your ministry meeting if I don't if nothing's really happening. Right. I'm not coming to hang out. Give me a schedule. Let's work it out. Let me explain something to y'all. Sidebar. I am an agenda nut. If I show up to a meeting and y'all don't have an agenda, you've already lost me. Because what's happening here? Y'all about to sit up here and spend two hours going in circles talking about two things, and I don't have time. And that's the other thing that people need to realize when it comes to the millennial group. We are booked, with a T, and busy. We have things to do. Correct. We have a nine to five, and then we have plenty of other things going on. We have children. We have, you know, we got some of us got other businesses. We doing podcasts. We traveling. We hear. We have a lot going on. And so, if you want us to participate in something, don't waste our time. Don't waste our time. Don't waste our time with nonsense. Don't also don't waste our time saying you want us to help and you don't don't like want to listen to our opinions and right. stuff like that. Right. Because we don't have to be here. Right. Like a lot of people, a lot of times when they say we want to get the young people involved, we want to. You just want to have a face to say, we have oh, we have here. young people here, Nasis. I don't. I don't have to do that. I can do something else. Yeah, like, I have plenty of things to do. Like, and that, that I, I I say the conversation that that usually sometimes happens not only with um, churches but with like things like the NAACP mm-hmm. with other um, organizations. Just like they want to, they always say they want to have younger people be a part of something, but they don't want they don't um, adhere to their opinions. Right. They don't want younger people input. They just want like a younger body slash face. To there. say like a young person is doing this. Right. Because I, I remember like the, um, people, oh, I remember how older people used to always be excited when the young person does what the older people are doing. Not when they bring something new. Right. It's just when they bring up and do the same thing that the older people are doing. Mm-hmm. And that's not bringing something new. That's not, that's not, you want someone to bring something up to bring some changes right. to it. Right. And even when people say that, like, even when someone says, I want some young people to bring some fresh fresh ideas, I still give it a side eye because, like, when I see it in action, it's not what, it, what it's not exactly what it looks like. Right, right. And I think that um, the thing that people need to recognize with younger, younger people such as ourselves is that we're a lot of things, but we're not dumb. We recognize very quickly when someone's trying to use us for a number or for a face or to say... Da, 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 da. But once we realize that our input is not being taken seriously and not being valued, we're out. And this is not to say that we come to you with an idea and you have to just run with it. No. If if our idea is flawed in some way or needs to be fleshed out a little bit more in some way, we are absolutely 110% open to dialogue, feedback, figure out how to make what we're putting out there better. But if you just completely dismiss it, you don't want to hear it, you just don't give it the time of day, like we're out. We're out. We don't have time to fight with people 
about something that we think is a very simple like fix like you know what are we going back and forth with you for you can keep doing what you do I'm gonna take my talents to South Beach shout out to LeBron I don't have time I don't have to be over here with you I can, I can go to a place where I feel like they're more progressive in thought and more um more intentional about being um appealing and engaging to younger people and I'm not saying like I grew up in Barbados where church is very very the church I went to at least was very very old-fashioned like women couldn't pray in mixed settings like women could pray at like a a women's prayer meeting or a women's service but if there were men there a woman couldn't pray over the mixed group women had to wear like you know those little doilies or mantillas or whatever to cover their heads they couldn't wear pants in the church um you know it was a very, very strict sort of and very patriarchal sort of setup over there. So I don't want to go to a church like that again. That's trash. I don't believe in any of that. However, um, I do recognize, like, I know a part of me, like, when I go to a church where they be wearing, like, jeans and sneakers, I'd be like, guys, it's Sunday. What do we we don't dress up here like we just <laughs> and I realize that that's just me there might be people in my age group who are completely fine showing up to a church with jeans and sneakers every Sunday that's completely fine but I don't know I just came up getting dressed for church and so that's the way I think but I know that there are people who are not intrigued by the idea of getting dressed up to come to church and would be more comfortable coming to a church where they're wearing jeans and sneakers or whatever so I think you know if 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 we want to retain younger people we as the congregation who might be a little more used to being dressed up we might just have to be okay with them wearing the jeans and the and the converses because at the end of the day does it really matter I know I wouldn't do it personally but that's just me that's just the way I was raised that's the way I was ingrained but if if Am I going to turn away someone's gifts and talents simply because they prefer to wear distressed jeans and Converse and a, and a button down the church every Sunday? Like, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What what what? It doesn't matter what they have on. What matters is what's inside of them and what they can bring to the table to make this community better. Because the Bible does say, like, we are all part of one body. Each part has its has its role to play, and it's all interconnected. So you know, we run the risk. As a church and as a and I'm going to say as a church, I mean the church as a whole, we run the risk of turning away people that could be integral parts to the body that we have because we don't like how they look or we don't we don't think that the way they look should be acceptable in our in our body. And it's just like it's not about that. It's not about that at all. I think another um, thing that comes up when it comes to like being modern in the church when it comes to millennials is like when we do things and the millennials come up with a hey how about we use you know something technology based for this because maybe this would make this flow easier that's something that matters to us like mark said we don't like our time being wasted we don't we don't like any of that so you know if we say hey how about we have like texting for tithing Or how about we use iPads for church elections or blah, 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 blah. Like that's the kind of stuff that is appealing to us because we're not about having our time wasted. We're not about having like things be drawn out for no real reason. So like trying to bring technological things and bring kind of the church to the modern era, people kind of look at that sometimes as like a big to do. Like we have to keep doing it the same way we've always done it. And it's like, no. There's new ways to do this. And if if you're not going to 
try to adapt to new ways and new new modes of doing things you're also going to lose people because it's like there's no reason that we should be our church had a vote for something recently and we were in there for three whole hours with paper ballots i'm like familia like and the young the younger people the millennials in there especially the people that had kids we were in there like my god We are cutting into babies. Nap time fooling with this. And we were just like, if there were iPads where people could just like click their selections, we would have results in like five minutes and we could all leave knowing what happened. But legit, it took like a hundred years because we were still doing paper voting. And it's like, I'm used to my church. I've been going there now almost 10 years. Mark's been going there longer than me. Some of the other millennials in the room had been going there even longer than me or Mark. So they were like... They're not phased. It's annoying, but it's like this is what the church is accustomed to doing. But I can imagine someone that's a new member that joined our yeah, church. Like, like um, Michaela. Yeah. Shout out, Michaela. She'd be listening. Yeah. But like <laughs> someone that's a new member of our church that's been coming there for like a year or two years and sees that. It's like, what is this? This is so <laughs> unappealing. Like this is this is trash. Yeah. This is basura. I don't like anything about it. And so it's like. You have to say that word better. Basura. You have to say it. But I'm not from a place where they speak Spanish, so I'm doing my best. Gosh. Um, if there are any people that speak Spanish natively out there, Google, you know, teach me, help. Because um, <laughs> Mark keeps judging me. But anyway, like, yeah, like, I, I yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's very unappealing. It's just like, why won't these people, and I know that, you know, like, in the past, like, Mark and I have brought up, like, can we do, like, our church does something called, like, a feed my sheet, it's a food pantry. And, Thanksgiving and Christmas tend to be very hectic because we give away turkeys and stuff like that. And so one year it was like they were giving out like these paper tickets to people online. It was a hot, stinking mess in terms of of getting because, you know, people get testy after being online for a little while. So we were like, well, maybe we can like modernize the check in process, maybe have some iPads or something where someone can go. Like we're always thinking millennials are always thinking of new, innovative, like ways to streamline things. And it's like. Sometimes those ideas just, like, people hear us and they're like, that's a great idea, but it doesn't go anywhere. And it's just like, that can get frustrating at times because it's like, y'all keep doing the same thing. It keeps not working. And it's just like, millennials, I guess the way we're set up, we're not like an instant gratification generation, but we're also like, if you're not going to listen to sense, you're just going to keep doing the same nonsense over and over. I don't have to do this with you. I don't have to be here. So, like, that's why, like, we'll be be a part of something. We're like, we're not, I feel like we're not being listened to. It's not working. Like, all right, we're just, we're just not going to be part of this one. Because it's it's not what we're saying. It's just, it's falling on deaf ears. Right. And it's not like the first time you ignore us or disregard something we say, we're going to be like, we're out. That's not it. It's just like, if I've been a part of something for five years, and I keep saying, we keep running into the same problem every time. And I keep saying, hey, guys, hey, guys, <laughs> hey, guys. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do this. And you keep being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then keep doing the same thing you've been doing. Obviously, you don't want to grow. You don't want to be about anything productive. So I'm going to just go. I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. I don't have to waste time with you. Work. Bottom line. Um, and then, like, you know, even stuff like, you know, I know people have feelings about this. Like, there are churches that have, like, ATMs, like, in the narthex or – and narthex is basically just lobby for people who don't go to church. Because I realize we also use a lot of terminology yeah. that is not familiar. Which, which is also probably unhelpful for, millenn- for people trying to start coming to church. Right, because it's like, girl, what's a narthex? Um, <laughs> shoot, I never heard about one until I started going to church again. But anyway, like, you know, people have issues with, like, having ATMs and blah, 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 blah. And I see how that can look weird. Um, having an ATM somewhere, but like even having something like that is like 
useful to some people because some people want to give tithes, but they don't come to church with money. Very few of us walk around with cash. Correct. Even fewer have a checkbook. So it's like if we want to give something, if y'all don't have cash app or some type of texting thing, how are you getting money from us? Yeah. If there's an ATM on the premises somewhere, and it doesn't have to be in the Narthex. Y'all can put it in some discreet location if you feel uncomfortable. Because I can see how it would look weird if I walk into a church and, and the, the first, first thing, thing I see is an ATM. I'm like, well, what is what's going on here? Well, but like... Even having something like that or access to a place where I can get money if I need to. Because if I feel so led to give money, I want to be able to do it conveniently. I, honestly, maybe I don't even know if that's work because that's still that comes with fees. Yeah. Like even like remember when we went to um the uh, Double Love Experience. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Gabby, Gabby and, and Andrew. Reverend Gabby and yeah, Reverend, Reverend Andrew. Reverend, Reverend, mm-hmm. Reverend Andrew. Put some respect on their titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, they... Um, they usually have all different ways to pay tithes. Yeah, so like like they have they, PayPal. They have PayPal. They have Cash App. Um, they have uh, Venmo. <laughs> Venmo. Yeah, like they've got yeah. all the things. They have all the things. You could just do it that way. And right. I think that that would be helpful. Yeah, and too. that's that's a millennial run church, and they Correct. get that we don't walk around with cash and checks. Our yeah. grandma and them be doing that. Yeah, but we don't. We don't. I have a checkbook. I can tell you exactly how many checks I've written out of that checkbook in the I don't know five years I've had that account. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe ten checks. And it was just because I was like, I don't have cash. They don't take Venmo payments for going to the conference. So, um, (laughs) and the thing is, I never know where that checkbook is. I always grab it for a specific thing. Like, I know I don't have cash. I have to pay for this with a check. And then I keep it in that bag. And I change bags often. So I won't find the checkbook for another couple of months. Like, oh, snap, here goes my checkbook. Like, I just found my checkbook two days ago. It's going to sit on my dresser for I don't know how long until I need it again. Then I'm going to lose it again. Correct. It's just not a sustainable like practice for us to have like cash or checks on us. Like it's just not what we do. So, you know, churches needing to, you know, get on board with using more electronic stuff. And like, you know, our church has come a long way because before we didn't used to have any type of texting or anything, but now you can text your ties and you can do it on the church website and stuff like that. So it's come some ways, but it's like, you know, it, it would be more appealing to um, incoming millennials to the church, you know, if they if the church did like a cash app or whatever, whatever. But I know that's something that people got to figure out. It's not like, you know. It's not going to overnight. No, it's not. It's probably oh. going to be like another five years before we get there. Yeah. And, and the same thing, like when it comes down to church is um not only that, but like timing of church. Like if you grew up with like four hour, five hour church, like <sighs> a millennial, like and I'm like. Millennials, a lot of times, you have to think about it this way. A lot of us have small children. Yes. We don't have the time. We do not. Our children don't have the time. They have a very <laughs> limited like stretch of time where they're going to act right at y'all function, and then it's going to be them trying to tear your whole institution out the frame. So, okay? Yeah. That's, um, our, a, great, a great pastor once told me, if Jesus don't come in an hour and a half, he, not he ain't coming. coming. <laughs> and I, I stand by it. I stand by it. If he, he ain't come coming in an hour and a half, he ain't coming. That's it. Epi, that's it. That's it. So I, I, I all I'm saying he is he was like, a great pastor. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> but just um, just be mindful of like the timing. Also, I think is a big thing because we we just like. Like the church we go always, to now. Always, always be mindful of the time that yeah. um, you have service about that time for people who have parents, parents who have kids and everything. Right, because like, if you're talking about you want the church to grow, it's the millennials who have the small children that are going to come and keep the church going when y'all die. Correct. True T. It's just math. I don't know. Yeah. Unless God giving y'all Methuselah years, y'all going to die. 
and you need the millennials who have the small children who will keep the generations of people in these churches going. Because like you, you need millennials to run your ministries and stuff like that. Like right. I said, you need to make sure. That's why I say things have to be organized, have agendas, because you need them to be part of it. Because you, they're the ones that going to be running the church. <laughs> yeah. Doing. But if if we go and we don't we don't feel like we're getting anything. Right. Out of it. Like That is an hour and a half of my day, two hours, three hours of my day that I could have been doing something else. Like when am I going to a... Um, I'm, we're not going to hang out. No. We're going to get things done. Right. We, we can hang out with our friends. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, not, we're not coming to church. Like, I can brunch out. with my friends in the time that I'm at this church. <laughs> I could. We could all make it happen at a brunch so, spot or IHOP or somewhere. I don't have to be. So even like ministries, like Bible study and everything, we, we don't categorize as, as hangout things. I, no. I know I know some, like the older generation, sometimes they make that as like hangout. Like this is a time when we can hang out together. Right. Fellowship. All that jazz. I think fellowship is good. Is good and everything. But. It's not. It's it's going to be two different things. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we're going to hang out with our friends. We're also going to hang out, and our, ch- our friends might be at the church also. Right. But it's going to be two different things. Right. Yeah. I I definitely feel like yeah the timing of service needs to be um something that churches need to think about um because I remember like my our church does two services um during the I guess fall winter spring and then in the summer it moves to one service because you know people travel in the summer whatever whatever that one service in the summer blessings on blessings on blessings it's perfect for small children it is perfection for my small child because my child takes a nap usually between 10 and 11 in the morning and then she takes another nap in the afternoon around two I'm not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination me trying to wake up get my child dressed and ready to go to church for eight o'clock it's a feat and if she's at church at eight o'clock that service wraps up what nine thirty, nine forty-five. my child's not going to sleep my child's not one of those kids who sleeps anywhere um she's you know if there's action and activity she'll try, be up looking around at it trying try to get a, ch- a child ready for eight o'clock service is hard and it's hard and the eleven fifteen just cuts into the nap time yeah it cuts into her nap time so like we'll leave the house she'll like sleep a little bit in the car on the ride to church but like most of the time she does not stay asleep once we get to church she wakes up because you know there's noise there's people talking there's music there's whatever whatever so sundays her naps are always like a little a little off a little off yeah so you know if at the 10 o'clock service when we get to 10 o'clock like it's cool if we wrap up by 11.30 because she can still get her nap in after 11.30. Because usually she takes her nap like around, I would say like most of the time like around 11. That's when she takes her like morning nap. So it's like if we get out of church at 11.30, put her in the car, we start driving to go wherever, she's going to fall asleep in the car. We get home, we put her down in her, in her crib or whatever, and she'll finish out her nap there. At 11.15, church is starting. Like, if she fell asleep in the car and she wakes up, she's going to be up till we get home, which isn't going to be till, like, what, 2, 2.30, whatever, depending on what we have to do after church. So, and the 10 to 11.30 is also great because you still feel like I have the rest of my Sunday to do things. When church starts at 11.15, and God forbid if it's communion Sunday, you're not coming out of that bad boy till, what, 2, 2.30, maybe. It's just like with my Sunday's over. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, now I got to go 
prepare for work and all the stuff happening on Monday. At least when church gets out at 1130, you're like, oh, maybe I can go catch a nice brunch before all the other people get here. Maybe I can go do my grocery shopping before the store gets full. Like you still feel like you have the rest of the day to do stuff. Um, the other thing I think, too, that's uh, important uh, to think about when it comes to um, the the timing of church is how long it is. Like you mentioned that before, but it's like we can't be in there for the max I'm willing to give a church service is two hours. My former pastor has got me like if it looked like it's going over two hours, I'm out, my, my, my dude. I'm out. Like I remember we went to a church, lovely pastor, lovely church. We know a lot of people that go there. The church started at 1030. Again, I'm a, like I said before, I'm an agenda um, fanatic. Um, <laughs> I need to understand the timing of every single thing that happens. And our old pastor used to have things like timed out to the minute. And some people thought it was a little nutty. I appreciated it personally because I need timelines for things. So the church started the two experiences. We went to churches where I wasn't sure what was going on. So the first time the church was supposed to start at 10. We got there like 945. We're sitting, waiting, waiting, waiting. 10 o'clock comes. Nothing happens. No pastors on the podium. We just sitting there like, so is the church starting at 10 or not? Like I legit had to look at the program like it says 10 because nobody's out here. Nothing's happening. Then, you know, somebody comes out and starts singing. I don't know what's going on. Then another person joins and another person joins. I'm like, oh, this is praise and worship. I didn't I didn't know. Then. At some point, eventually, the pastor came out. They sang for, like, another half an hour. Then I think they did an offering. Like, child, it was just all over the place. Yeah, the sermon didn't start until, like, 1230. Fam, 1230. <laughs> so from 1030 to 1230, two whole hours of my time, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Somehow we didn't yet get to a sermon in those two hours. No, 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 mm-mm, mm-mm. And this was pre-Avery, too. Yeah. I was just like, I got some place to be. Like, yeah. I can't be. I've been here for two hours now. I got some place to be. Like, the fact that I was in a service for two hours and didn't get the sermon. Yeah. Fam, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, and just to keep it um, moving, like, another, another big thing I think millennials have an issue with are um, churches that don't have a um, stance on um, human rights. Right. I oh, think, yeah. I think oh, yeah. That's a big, big one. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think the church should be a big. I think the church um, Christians should be a big thing in terms of human rights. Right, because um, Jesus Jesus was a social justice warrior, and yeah. if y'all believe in Jesus, y'all need to be on team social justice. If that's not what you're doing, I don't know if you're a real Christian. Fight me. <laughs> so, like, I, I think um, just like being silent on social justice issues and human rights issues, I think is a is a big concern, also. Right, and like, like. I don't know. It's it's a weird form of Christianity that's going on around now, <laughs> and like things that need to be like what people are um, equating Christianity to. Like the problem is when people think of Christianity, mm-hmm. they think of bigotry, they think of discrimination, mm-hmm. <laughs> they think of judgment, mm-hmm. they think of <laughs> they think of nothing connected to love. Yeah, correct. And that is that is what Christianity is supposed to be, according to what I believe the Bible says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, might. Love your neighbor as yourself. Period. Yeah. That is that is what we are supposed to do as Christians. Love. Yeah. And, and I, if the first thing that comes to a person's mind when they're thinking about Christianity is not that, we're doing it wrong. Correct. Like that. 
like they're always thinking like, oh, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be discriminated against. <laughs> right. I'm going to be talked down to. Like th- those are the things that people think about immediately. Right. When they think of Christianity. A lot of times they don't think of that. And like they might think like, oh, they do a little bit of service here and there. Right. Which is just works. <laughs> and right. Everything. But they don't think of Christ, um, being a Christian has a lot to do with love. That's, that's never the first thing that they that think, people about think about. people think about, yeah. When it comes down to Christianity. It's true. And then I think, too, you know, when a lot of churches, like people always make a comment about how many churches are in low income communities. It'll be like six churches practically on the same square block. But that community is still impoverished, still disenfranchised. And it's like, how, how does this work? How are you all here? What are you all doing if the community is not being impacted by your presence? Correct. And that's a thing that a lot of millennials realize and focus on. We Not to say that other generations don't care about the community and don't care about what's going on, but it's like what is attractive to our generation about church is a church that is taking action to change the world, Correct. whether it's the community Correct. directly around them or the world at large. What we want to see is a, a faith community that is making strides to address social ills and make a difference in the world. Like we understand one church can't change everything. We completely get that. We completely understand that there are bigger systems at play that cause communities and situations to be what they are. But if the church is silent on what's going on in the world, they won't acknowledge it, they won't talk about it, they just sweep it under the rug, then we're we're not with that. Yeah, and like it's being so insular. Because even churches, like you go to churches and they always talk about, we need to get outside these walls. Right. Outside, like, What's like, stopping what, you? But the actions don't say anything. Like, what's stopping you from getting outside like, these walls? Like, you don't have to wait to a big event to make it happen. Right. Like, what what's stopping you? And, 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 and the other thing when it comes to getting outside these walls that churches need to be mindful of, the point of you getting outside the walls is not to beat people over the head and convince them that your way of Christianity or your belief system is right. You don't need to go, we can evangelize, we can do all that jazz, but you don't have to, to, to make it your mission to quote unquote convert people to your church. Because I feel like a lot of times people be like, oh, well, we have these people in the community and they don't come to our church. Okay. What's to say they don't go to other churches? Correct. What's to say that they're not members of other faith communities or other, or other religious practices? Like, Correct. The assumption that these are some heathens out here in the streets that don't know anything about any God and you need to go out there and do something about it, that that's a messed up approach. Regardless of where you find them. Regardless of where you find them. That's a messed up approach. And you need to back back and figure out why figure out that that's not a good approach plan. Correct. Absolutely. A hundred percent. There was something else I wanted to say, too. The other thing that I wanted to say, um, what. What a lot of millennials don't like about church, and I think you talked about it a little bit, you mentioned it briefly, is when churches show discrimination towards certain groups of people. A lot of us millennials have gay friends. A lot of us millennials are gay or lesbian or transgender or whatever, whatever any of those things are. So even if you, you don't see it physically presenting in the millennials in your church, they may know someone who is that's a family member, a close friend, whatever the case may be. So, and this is my personal opinion. People don't have to agree. I do not believe that the pulpit is the place to stand up on a Sunday morning and and be critical and negative towards another person's sexual orientation, lifestyle, whatever you think it is. 
That's not the place for that. For me as a millennial, if I walked into a church and saw a pastor doing that on Sunday morning, that's a turnoff. That is offensive. I don't care what your personal feelings are about this. This ain't the place for that. This, this, that is not love. That is not a demonstration of love. And millennials, we are particularly just not tolerant of churches where that level of discrimination are, is being like openly practiced from the pulpit on down and and we're just supposed to sit there. We're not going to do that. If that's what we see, even if we, we, we don't even have to have a family member or a friend or anything who's part of that community. Just the fact that you have felt like it's okay to jump up and say that, that tells me so much about what the general thought process is about this faith community that I might not want to come back because I don't subscribe to that level of of judgment about what another community that ain't thinking about me is doing. And so I understand people feel like they want to have a stance and they want to this and they want to that, but you also have to be, have to be mindful of, of how that comes off, what that looks like, what type of message you're sending about the faith that you claim to be professing. Especially if the only way reason that you'll want to that you're want to be involved with the one thing y'all decide to focus on and be a part and try to judge somebody on is when it comes to sexual orientation. Right. That's the part that you kind of want to focus on. It becomes a big it becomes a big concern also. Right. Um it becomes a concern because it's not like you want to you worry about every facet of their um relationship life and everything. Right. That's not true. You're not a lot of times they're not they're not as concerned right. as um, a husband or wife to you and their spouse. They're right. not as concerned as domestic violence. They're not as concerned. Right. Like you don't hear sermons about you know you know don't beat your don't beat your partner. You don't hear sermons about don't don't, don't touch don't little kids. Yeah. Don't like you don't not, hear that. Not, not, never don't beat like emotional abuse. Right. right. <laughs> like it, it's just it's just not as prevalent. Right. Those aren't those aren't that. the things that y'all dedicate whole sermons to. So all I'm saying is if you're going to be the, talking uh, about and, certain and things this just 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 to note that's it's not saying that those are equal. I no, I'm not I'm nobody's not, saying I'm not that. trying to say that LGBTQ is equal to violence towards I'm just I'm talking about how people approach trying to input themselves into other person's relationships. Right. And how like that is what they've decided they're going to focus on. Right. And make a make a point of like all the time. And to excommunicate somebody because of it. Right. Like that's not love, that's not welcoming and, you know, millennials are not with being that way. Like, oh yeah, we're 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 team cancel culture all day, don't get me wrong, but you know, in our church faith community situation, we want to see the same type of of love and openness that we believe that we want that we would want to receive ourselves. And I'm that's not this is not saying that other generations don't share those feelings, but I just think like as a millennial, like those are the things that matter to me when I think about choosing a faith community. So, um I think we're going to wrap this conversation up now. Okay. Um I'm sure there's more to discuss. And, you know, maybe we'll come um, back to it later. If you have any comments, please comment on to us and message us yeah. on all of no fear PCAS at gmail.com. For sure. Uh, we might rehash this next time or mm. another, another another episode if you have anything we want us to talk about more in terms of this topic. It's, it's a large topic. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a large topic. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, um, when we have certain guests, we might talk about it more. Yeah, we might talk about it a little more, yeah. Um, yeah, because we, yeah, we have 
we have some guests supposedly coming soon. Yeah. So as we um, have the guests, we'll probably have reach this topic again. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's, I think it's I think it's a big thing. Um. Um. As Christians, is this something that we 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 think about also? Is like how people, like I said, how people grow up in church and how that affects them, right? And everything. We're, I think we just kind of brought brought up like when we watch how like um people who grew up in a certain church and like how they're treated mm-hmm. <laughs> from the older generation because they still see them as as, as children. As children. Yeah. Meanwhile, they are grown adults, adults with families. Right. Managers, supervisors, owners of businesses, right? And don't want to do that, but they still treat it as just the youth of the church. Um, I remember even like when you see like young adults singing in our church sometimes, right? They'll say like, "Oh, the youth choir," and like that's their first mindset. I'd be so, like, "What youth?" Somebody called so, me a youth once, and I had to be like, "Nah, sis, I'm 33. Stop playing. <laughs> I haven't been a youth in some time." So I, I think just, just like that, that battle I think is big. Yeah, and All who right. has time? Nobody. Hashtag right. nobody. But we'll um we'll move forward. Yes. So moving forward, this is totally not church related whatsoever. Um, our music spotlight this week. <laughs> just I just don't want people to think there's a correlation here. Um, what we're going to talk about. What I want to talk about really briefly. Um, this young lady named Lay Kelly, forty seven. I hope I'm saying her name right. It's L E I K E L I four seven. Um, she is a rapper slash singer from Brooklyn. Um, she I actually found out about her because of uh, the Read podcast that I listen to. Well, not as often as I used to because, child, I'll be booked and busy. But um, she, the Read podcast did their sixth anniversary show this year. They did a live show in the city. I went with my sister. Hey, sister. And um, we went to the show, and uh, she was the opener to um, Kid Fury and uh, Crystal coming out um, and doing their thing. And I liked her energy a lot. Um, people in the crowd seemed to know her songs. I realized I did not know any of them. Um, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, so she is actually um, signed to Sony, um, Sony RCA Records. Um, she has two albums out. Um, one is called Wash and Set. The other one is called Acrylic. Very Brooklyn. Because, you know, if you're from New York... You from, you know, the five boroughs, you're familiar with the watch and set and getting the acrylics because that's what the girls do out here. Um, She, a lot of people mostly heard of her, and I didn't realize I had heard of her before, but they heard of her um, because her song Girl Blunt was featured on um, one of the episodes of Insecure of the past season. Speaking of which, Issa got to stop playing with me and not have me wait till 2020 for Insecure, but it's whatever though. Um, But her music was featured on Insecure and people started to learn more about her. Um, then she, um, she was actually at the, uh, what you call it recently that, what is, what's that festival called that Pharrell hosted? Uh, something in the water. She was one of the performers there. Um, and you know, I think she's really, really talented. Like I enjoy, like her music kind of gives me like a little bit of like a voguing vibe, but it gives me like also like Islander vibe. So the thing about this girl, by the way, like Kelly is that she performs in a face mask or a balacava. Is that how you say that? About balaclava so basically her face is covered 95 percent. so all you can basically see is her eyes and her lips so Mm -hmm. nobody knows what she looks like um in real life um 
well, not in real life. I should say, like, her family probably knows what she looks like. But Work. the average fan is probably walking past her on the street and doesn't realize it's her. Mm-hmm. Um, but sh- I love her music. It's kind of like she gives you, like, some southern vibes. She gives you some islandy vibes, like I said. But she also gives, like, some Brooklyn, New York City kind of vibes. Like, I really just enjoy her music. Uh, the Girl Blunt song is super cute. Um, she has another couple of songs I like. There's one on there called... Uh, this is on her acrylic album that came out last year. There's one on there called um, Roll Call. It's kind of like a HBCU, like Greek letter organization shout out song. It's just really positive and you know really so really uplifting to um, black people and the black college culture, which I think is you know I don't think I've ever really heard a lot of songs that really celebrate or address that experience and i didn't go to hbcu but i am hbcu adjacent thanks to mark (laughs) (laughs) like i had on a hampton shirt one day and somebody was like oh you go to hampton i said no my husband went to hampton so i'm like hampton adjacent but um did they have a conversation with you about can't be i do what i want (laughs) full seal no no they were just like oh okay cool no Like, no, they went to HBCU, HBCU to do it. It wasn't Hampton. It's like one of them in North Carolina. Oh, but, you know, they were just like, oh, that's cool. I was like, yeah. Word. Hello. But, um, yeah, Lake Kelly, 47, like, I, her music's on Tidal and stuff like that. Like, if you want something to, like, just give you, like, a quick pick-me-up and you want to hear, like, a girl just kind of, like, on a track, just, like, being bossy and just talking, talking that girl-ish um, it might be for you. I enjoy it quite a bit. So yeah, like I said, she has two albums out. Um, she has a uh, wash and set, um, which came out 2017. And then she put out, uh, the acrylic one, which came out in, um, 2018. But yeah, she's, she's popping. I can't wait to see like how, how big her career gets. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, we don't have a lot of, well, I shouldn't say we don't have a lot of. It's not it's it's very rare to like find like good female artists anymore in in the rap game because I feel like a lot of the girls they promote, I'm like like these city girls. Trash, trash, absolute absolute trash. What is that song? Um act up. One of the girls refuses to rap on the beat. It's really upsetting. Like <laughs> the re- first time refuses? refuses. Like you can't tell me that all the takes she did, and that was the best one. Because if that was it, she just needs to give it up. But, like, finding female rappers who, like, are saying things of substance, who are, like, actually rapping on beat and, you know, just making sense is really much harder than one would think. So, um, you know, I think uh, Lake Kelly 47 is a great one to check out. Like, I bump her albums all the time. They just pump me up and, you know... Make me make me feel, you know, really good about uh, life. Um, her last album, the one I said, Wash and Set, um, I just wanted to read a quick review. Um, Afropunk.com said, the album showcases like Kelly 47's distinctively hard-hitting yet playful lyricism, gender-bending musicianship, and enigmatic character. Um, a Vibe review said, the dynamic and featureless effort is loaded with creativity, vigor, and the power of her own feminism. It's evident that La Kelly is aiming to break rules and push boundaries in hip-hop, which I love. Like like I said, her albums are balls to me. And apparently, these albums are a part of a trilogy, and the trilogy is called the Beauty Series. So she has a third one coming out. Don't know what it's going to be called, because I guess acrylic is about hair, about nails. Washing set's about hair. I don't know where. Maybe the other one's fashion because she makes like some fashion references in her songs. So uh-huh. I'm excited. I'm a fan. Can't wait to see it. Yay. That's that on that. 
Um, so some other things I want to touch on real quickly. So we talked about when they see us last week. Um, <sighs> a lot of people have watched it since. It's, you know, a hard thing to watch because, you know, trash of legal system in America and black people and all that jazz. But um, Oprah did an interview with the Central Park Five, um, I guess a couple weeks ago or like last week after the documentary aired. Yeah. And um, uh, Antron, the one whose father basically told him to say mm-hmm. that he was involved in da 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 he basically said that he still... He you did know, not forgive his father. He did not forgive his father. Mm-hmm. He still has a lot of issues in that he's never been to therapy over what has happened to him. And so he still has a lot of like lingering anger and hostility and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dang. Because yeah. when I finished watching it, you know, I kept just saying to myself, like, where are all these guys now? Like, what's happening with them? Like, how do they feel, you know, now that they, you know, now that this story is out and, you know, more people know about it and whatnot. And I'm just like, you know, the fact that he said that he hasn't forgiven his father. His father is deceased, okay? Yeah. Um, and he's still, he's still dealing with the issues and he's still, you know, going through it emotionally. He hasn't unpacked that. Like, that just... That just makes me sad even more because, <sighs> yeah, yeah, the the just <sighs> like and it's 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 bad because like it it's going because it, it it's going to affect him for a long time and yeah. I think that's why, like I kind of understood like in his father's mind he was doing the right thing because mm-hmm. he because in his father's mind they were going to kill his son, right. He was scared they were going to kill his son. So he said, and you just say this so they would not kill you. Right. And I understand that fear. I understand the fear of not standing your ground. Right. <laughs> I understand the fear of that. Of standing your ground. Like where this is the this is the point where um standing your ground, like you your your family protection sometimes outweighs standing your ground on certain issues. Right. And so, like, I think that's where he was at. And he made the wrong choice. Right. Like, he realized he made the wrong choice, and that was it. Like, I kept watching the thing, like, how does he think that his son admitting to raping someone is going to get him home? Because he was scared. And, I, I, and, and like, it's not that he was scared about that, and then he was scared if um because the police came to him, talking mm-hmm. to him about his past. So, like, especially if he had the past and he was, like, he being good and everything... So he's scared about um, them using that against him, mm-hmm. and that's he's scared about like it, it's just so many things, right? And then like, and then you saw like he felt guilty after because he realized all was happening. So it, it, it's just so many things mm-hmm. that he he like he, in his but like we always talk about like intentions don't matter, but his, that his intentions were good. It's just his actions <laughs> right. affected him. Right, and really. the fact that he's been deceased for all this time and his son is still so angry with him and still feels like his father was a coward and all that jazz, I'm just like, I pray that that young man finds peace somehow and somebody puts some money up for him to get some therapy. And I hope that he will have the the feeling in his heart to go and work through these emotions. Because, like, I get it. I get that what he went through was unnecessary because he was following the advice of his father who was supposed to be there to protect him, to do all these things. But it's like, you got six kids now, bro. You got to... You got to release that. You got to release that, like, for real, yeah. for real. So prayers up for Antron. Um, just quick follow-up to that. So, um, you know, they got Linda Fairstein out of here. 
Um, multiple times. Multiple times. And apparently, Columbia Law School has gotten Elizabeth Letterer out of here. Um, The black students at Columbia Law said, not here, sis. No, no. (laughs) We're not going to do this with you. No, no. Get you out of here. No. So apparently, they got her out of there. So whoop-de-whoop, hand clap for them. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you want to talk about this or not. Um, The black men don't cheat. Oh, yeah. It's going down. Okay. Um, So so moving (laughs) on. Mark Mark and I had an interesting (laughs) conversation today. So Mark wants to talk about this. So black men don't cheat. Black men don't cheat day was on June 12th, all right? People are hating on this day. I don't understand why. Okay. <laughs> it's not necessary to hate on this day. They were hating. Okay, that's what happened. I, I, I understand where the pushback is coming from because I think they're not understanding that it's not a narrative. Mm-hmm. It is not a narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my thought pattern is not a narrative that men are trying to tell women that black men don't cheat. If, you, if if that was the case, then I understand what you're talking about. I understand, like, we're just trying to, people just try to get out of what they're doing. I think it's a declarative from men to other men. Okay. I think it's basically saying black men don't cheat. So if you are a black man, don't cheat. <laughs> and if you if you are cheating, then you're not being a man in what you're doing. So it was it is a day to honor monogamous relationships. And I think it was, it was I think it was created for a um a day to say, hey, we're trying to push this that this is this is what we as black men are going to start doing, and it's trying to start that movement of that. It does, and I don't think it came from like black men cheat more than anybody else or anything like that. I think it just came from like just trying to promote monogamous relationships in black men uh-huh. and everything, and mm-hmm. just it, it, it's an empowering thing, and it's like. I don't think black men cheat more than black people. I don't think black men cheat more than any other race. I don't think anything like that. But I think this, like, it's it's a weird thing because I don't think any, any no other race has done something like this, <laughs> mm-hmm. just promoting non cheating. Mm-hmm. So I understand why it's weird because it's not like other people promoted or like it's it, it just it's just it's a weird thing. So I understand why the pushback is coming, but I support it. I do. That's fine. I support just doing it. Um, Everyone's allowed their whole teppy moment. Go on. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you already broke my heart with plantains today. I mean. <sighs> on the flip side, a song came out by Lou, du- Lou Duvall and Charlemagne the God called Black Men Don't Cheat. It is hilarious. I'll read um, Charlemagne's verse, which is quite hilarious. He, sa- he says, hey, we don't get around. We stay in bounds. The rules never change in or out of town. You might be fit, beautiful, and thick. But we fetty wop winking. We don't see nothing. <laughs> we don't see ish. We happy at home. No numbers in the phone. No new friends, baby. You can move along. We ain't getting cursed, so move with your thirst. If we ain't at work, then we're probably at church. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, I like, like I said, um, I, I think it, it's. They try to put comedy on it and everything, but I I I think I, I support the movement. Like black men don't cheat. It's just it's just promoting black men to stay stay monogamous monogamous relationships. And that, and and I think I I, I support that. It's like this black man talking to black men saying, "Hey, don't cheat." And I I think that's something that um it's important to do is like to if you see um if you see your friend on going out of order um look like he's about to cheat on his spouse or cheat on um his wife or anything like that to put him like, hey hey 
maybe you don't want to do this and just just trying to push that push that along i don't think there's not is anything wrong with that and i know it's it's it i know it's a very like um i think it's meant to be a very provocative statement it's meant to come off as provocative instead of saying black men you shouldn't cheat it's saying black men don't cheat and i know it's supposed to come off as provocative but it's supposed to make a statement for a reason and i i, I support it that's fine um, so the whole time Mark has been talking, I've been sitting here with the mm-hmm, face <laughs> on. Um, I don't understand. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I don't even understand why this black man don't cheat is a thing. I don't understand why it was why a can't gay. It be a thing? For what? For what? Why? I think for what? I'm, we're supposed reason. to reward you for doing what you're actually not, supposed to do. You're not rewarding. We're, are we supposed to celebrate the fact that it you're is, being monogamous? But like, is that not what the expectation is that you're is supposed to do in a relationship? About y'all. What it? Who? How do you mean it's not about y'all? It's not who, about y'all. When you talk about cheating, who y'all cheating on? Yourselves? It's not about y'all. In terms Whatever. Of the movement. The movement Whatever. is for black men to talk to black the men. The fact that it's a movement <laughs> is foolish to me. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, it's a lie. Black men do cheat. And this concept, <laughs> just like every other man, every other race of men does, but black men do cheat. And then this concept that, you, you over here laughing, but this thing gets me like, it, it ticks me off. But this whole concept that if you're a man, then you're not cheating. But if you're cheating, you're a boy. Stop infantilizing grown men. They know what they're doing. It, you're not a boy if you cheat. You're just stupid. You're dumb and you're in, insensitive and you don't care oh. about the effect that your cheating has on your partner. I don't understand why we sit them here trying to talk about, oh, you're a, you're a boy if you're cheating. Oh. But Jay-Z was a 40-year-old, bi cheating, 40-year-old boy cheating on Beyonce from coast to coast. That is a man. That is a grown man. And I'm not going to sit here and let y'all <laughs> sit up here and talk about how a grown man is a boy if he cheats. Leave me alone. Get out of my face with this foolishness. Go, on, go away. Like I said, it's a declarative statement. I don't care make, what it is. Create, it's nonsense. To create a standard. But why y'all got to tell grown black men not to cheat? Why? For what? Should they not know this already? <laughs> I mean, it is, I, the, I, I, it is a movement. Help. I, I don't understand why. I don't get it. I don't know. It's a bunch of fooly wang. Y'all like to fool la la all around and talk about, oh, it's a movement. No, get out of my face. Get out of my face. The civil rights movement is a movement, okay? The gay rights movement is a movement. It's a movement. The suffrage, the women's suffrage was a movement. This is foolishness. I'm not doing this with y'all. I will not allow you all to sit up here and call it no movement. Absolutely not. Get out of my face. Go find something to do with this black men cheat food. Don't cheat foolishness. Just leave me alone. But why can't, why can't y'all play too much? Why can't we have a movement? Why can't we do this? Have a movement about something that a hundred, the million man march is a movement. This right here, foolishness. Okay, I foolishness. Think, I I think you're hating. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. I I'll be a hater. It's fine. <laughs> I'll be a haterator and hollerator in the dancery. It's no problem. No problem. <laughs> I think you're. But hating. what y'all not going to do is sit up here and try to talk to me about about a movement <laughs> about you being a responsible adult and acting right. I'm not doing that. All I'm saying is I I, no, I respect the movement. That's fine. That's all I'm that's, saying. That's lovely. That's beautiful. It's also trash. <laughs> why Why can't it be trash? Why, why, because why, why because can't, it why, is. Why can't we just encourage it? Whatever. 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 You do, you do what you have to do. <laughs> whatever. I just don't want to be a part of your alleged movement. Leave me alone. Making jokes out here. <laughs> <laughs> Negro, please. That's Black right. men don't and it's just like, and you know what it is, too? Lil Duval and Charlemagne the God being the front men for this. Y'all need to stop it. Stop it now, Jesus. Stop it now. Charlemagne got a whole book where he talked about how he had cheated on his wife for, like, their whole relationship. He just stopped cheating on her, like, last week. 
Like I don't. I'm not doing this. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yes, and he said he's tr- he's trying to do better now. Okay. That's why. He's, that's why he's trying. To, he's, starting, he's starting the movement to try to do better. Take your cape off. Take it off. <laughs> why can't put it away? You whipped that cape out and steam pressed <laughs> it for today's podcast specifically. <laughs> but I'm gonna need you to put it back. Okay. All I'm saying. <laughs> Take it to the dry cleaners. Get the wrinkles out and hang it back up. We don't need to see the cape out again I'm, for this foolishness. I'm just trying. No, sir. No, sir. Get, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Anyway. Black men don't cheat. Moving right along. We'll, we'll address this more. <laughs> we, we won't. We won't. We'll have we won't. This I, I have no intention we'll, of talking about this ever again. We'll make this a recurring segment. <laughs> recurring segment on the All Love No Fear podcast. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's a current segment. Black men don't cheat. If you want a segment of me being quiet <laughs> the whole time, you don't if, if you want a Mark Bennett podcast, that's fine. Because what I'm not getting ready to do the is segment? sit up here and talk about no black men don't cheat movement. Right. You can't make me. Right. No, I won't. Next week. Coming next week. Next segment. Black Absolutely men don't not. Cheat, we won't be, unless you want to hear <laughs> 30 minutes straight, we're not going to do that, okay? No, that's a dub. It's over. It's canceled. I hope you had your fun. It's over. Okay. When we get a guest here, I'm telling you, we're having this conversation. We'll talk about I will it. leave the studio. I don't even have <laughs> don't time. Leave the studio. I'm out. I'll go find something to do. I, I have things to do. I don't have to be out here playing with y'all. I'll FaceTime Avery or something. When you're done with the foolish, just let me know. I'll be back. Thank you so much. Um, such a hater. I'm not a hater. You know who is a hater, though? Linda Fairstein. So she wrote an article talking about... <laughs> so we're, we're, we're at This Week in Random. So This Week in Random, Linda Fairstein and her hate herself. Um, she's the person who basically set this whole case up for the Central Park Five to get them prosecuted and basically drew up a whole timeline that didn't exist and did all that. So she wrote an article this past week t- saying basically how the documentary didn't feature her properly mind you Ava DuVernay said that she did reach out to her to include her and her side of the story in the documentary but she refused to talk to her no it's not she refused she said I'll answer your questions if I can approve how the movie's gonna be set shown and Ava was like nah son get out of here Ava said Oprah's behind me girl I don't have to have you approve nothing Oprah said it's cool I'm good yeah we don't know like you. she was like you're not you're not gonna be in charge of the script no nah. we're not we don't know you Linda we don't know you <laughs> But basically, I think, that, I think that was the problem because, like, he was like, "We'll talk to you," but like, you you want you want to be in charge of the script? We're like, no, we're... in charge of the script, just like a white woman <laughs> to just be trying to be in charge of something that they, no, girl, this is Ava's situation. You, you, you the you not you not the store here, sis. I think Ava like I think she said she was like, you know how that went. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how that went. <laughs> like, you know how that went. Because <laughs> Ava DuVernay, for all her talent and all that, gives me like slightly stank vibes. <laughs> Like I can imagine the facial expression when she saw that saw that message or whatever heard, heard the lady say that she was like, "What? You want to get control of the script? What? Where? You like get approval? Huh? Nah. Approval? Who said that? Yeah, because like, you know mm. Linda Fernstein is a, is a is a lawyer kind of person where like she'll she'll put mad clauses right and and, <laughs> and, and, she, and she, she, she don't got time for them clauses. And Ava said, "No, girl, I have things to do. I'm booked and busy. I can't be out here playing. I don't have any time. You. I have no time for those clauses. Yeah. So basically." <laughs> She wrote a, a letter, I think it was in Vanity Fair or something like that, where she basically said um, that that the five guys basically got convicted uh, basically because of their confessions. She basically was like, I agree that the guy should have been 
um, exonerated because of the confession from the guy who actually did it and the DNA. But, you know, the charges, I guess, for them assaulting people in the park and attacking people and whatever the case is, she feels like those should have stood because there was more than enough and um, evidence to support that they assaulted people, robbed people, rioting, blah, 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 blah. She's like, you know, Ava, Ava DuVernay basically like ignored the truth about the fact that this 30, 30, po- 30 boy gang terrorized people and that her film includes a lot of falsehoods, which is an outrage. So stick a pin. Number one, if you believe that and you already knew that they didn't commit the rape, why did you proceed with the case with the rape and not just with the assaults? Right. If that was the case. Right. Linda, tell them on yourself. That's not what you did. You said you could keep going ahead with the rape. You kept you brought the woman in. You kept trying to do that to right. demonize those boys. That's right. number one. Don't be acting like you don't know what you was doing, Linda. Number two, part of the case was the people who were assaulted came in yes. and testified that they were not a part it was of not it. Th- it was not them specifically, yes. So that's number two. Number three, you can't... We, you, when the movie talks about how the statements were untrue and the movie talks about how the um how they were coerced for the statements you can't go in and talk about how they shouldn't why they write these statements then right like you're 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 making statements that like you have nothing I, I, to, I read to the letter on. and wanted to fight i was mad at whoever gave her the space to write that foolishness in the first place and then i was mad at what she said i was just like if i was seen in the streets i'll trip her at the very least i'll trip her for the cause um you know, because she's trash, and what she wrote was trash, and I just hope she fades into oblivion. But but once again, like I said, I, I think this plays into, like, if someone believes that the um, the system is completely corrupt, it will destroy their whole mindset of what the system is. Right. <laughs> so they yeah. have. So in their mind, they have to believe that none of some of it was was okay. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't. It was and trash. it wasn't. It was all trash. And but, girl. But I think in their mind, they're like, I have, they have to believe. That it wasn't completely trash. Right, because, like, she has basically staked her whole, like, livelihood and reputation off of this case. Yeah, correct. So to fully admit that she was completely wrong in everything that she did would invalidate her whole entire identity as a person. And her her mindset of the legal system. Right, which is why she keeps proliferating this foolishness. Correct. By Linda. Anyway, so moving on. So the DR has been having some really, really terrible public, uh, uh, not public, terrible, no, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Really, really terrible public relations uh, lately. It's not looking good. Somebody on their PR team, they need an Olivia Pope in there um, <laughs> to turn things around because it looks wild right now. Um, so two things about DR. So David Ortiz, the baseball player from the Boston Red Sox, was shot in DR um, last week. Uh, the streets say, you know, it was a... Uh, Two shots in the back uh, went straight through, um, but allegedly it was because he was fooling with somebody's wife or girlfriend or lady friend, and the, whoever it was was the girlfriend of some big drug campaign or something like that. And so they shot him up at the club. Not shot up the club, which is different. Um, <laughs> I'm not mature. I should grow up. Um, but anyway, um, when I first heard this story, I was like, yo, David Ortiz, like he's literally like the biggest, if not one of the biggest like people from DR to come out of there and really make it and be super famous. So the fact that dude got shot up in a club where I'm sure everybody knows who he is and why he's there was insane to me. Right. Um, so, you know, hearing that news coupled with all the other mysterious deaths that were happening that have been happening in DR, 
it's not looking good. Um, they did surgery on him there, I heard, and then the Boston Red Sox flew him back here to the U.S. to get treatment and I think an additional surgery. So hopefully he pulls through and everything's okay, but like it's looking wild for DR um, with all the, the news stories. And I saw another story about somebody else who got who either got sick from the minibar um, while they were in DR, um, Barbara Corcoran. I don't know if you know her from Shark, Shark Tank. Um, her brother apparently died in DR like earlier in the year as well. So it's just the PR not looking good for DR. Where's mm-hmm. Olivia Pope? Get Olivia Pope on the line. All of that is happening. And then I saw on my socials a site where they're selling round-trip flights from the Dominican Republic to New York for $260, round-trip flights. So silly me clicked on the comments of the post, died. Somebody said, so how long does the plane stay on the tarmac when it gets to DR? Because I'm not getting off. <laughs> I'm If I'm flying round-trip, I'm getting on the plane in New York, flying to DR, sitting on the tarmac, and flying back to New York. I'm not getting <laughs> off. I'm not going to any resort. I'm not doing any of that. Um, people were like, yeah, uh, is it really people like this joke was morbid but people were like is it really a round trip though is it really a round trip because it seems like it's a one-way situation you go there and you die so (laughs) and i laughed at it but it wasn't funny um so yeah like the fact that they're like out here like publicized like 260 round trip to go to dr i'm like okay y'all really are trying to get somebody said if it was two dollars and sixty cents i still wouldn't go because it seems unsafe. So somebody needs to get Olivia Pope on the line and get the Dominican Republic back on track because it looks wild. Yeah, Your whole country look crazy right now. And then what kills me is, <laughs> I saw another thing where somebody said, well, after how y'all was doing the Haitians, here's your payback. Because um, you remember a couple of years ago, they were trying to kick all the people who were black of Haitian descent who lived in the country mm-hmm. out of the country. And they've always had sketchy relations with Haiti and black people. Um, you know, people from DR will try to tell you they're not black. But I'm like, look at that booty girl. There's black there, just saying. Um, look at that hair. There's black there, just saying. But anyway, um, the other thing that people were saying about um, the whole situation with the DR is that, um, like, people particularly that are from there that live here, are like, I don't understand why y'all are like stereotyping the island. It's a really beautiful place. It's really safe. Da 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 da. Y'all don't do this to other places. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, we do. All all the time. All the time. All the time. You're, the you're just mad that the fire is on you now, but we... People have stereotyped other islands all, all the time. time. Like, there are there are people from islands I know that will not go to Jamaica. They will not go to... Um, what's that other place? They will not go to um, the St. Martins. Like, there are people that just... They won't go to certain places because they have certain stereotypes about what the experience is going to be like there. Me, personally, as an islander... I'm not going to no island by myself without somebody from there. That's just not what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. The only island I'm going to alone is Barbados. Other than that, no thanks. I'm going with people. That's just how that's going to go. <laughs> because I've heard things about these places from people who are from there who have told me flat out, girl, if you going to go here, go with one of us. Don't go alone. It be getting wild. Word. So, DR, y'all just going to have to sit in the steam for a while and get roasted because people keep dying on your island. And you just want to be all right. Build a bridge and get over it, good sis. Build a bridge and get over it. Yeah. I, I, and everybody goes through. Figure out why people dying over there. Phases. Like, like, for instance, people stop coming to America for a while because black people getting shot like crazy. Yeah, people say, <laughs> you know what? I don't really feel like it's safe over here. I just didn't. <laughs> like, black people getting shot. People was like, maybe I shouldn't go to America. I might get shot. Because they wilding. So, so same thing. Like, after, like, people go through phases when they see, based off the news, they're like, ah, I'm not going to go there for a little bit. Let me just, let me just calm down. Right. Let me just just let me just chill. Um, yeah. Speaking of public relations, so O.J. Simpson, 
who was recently released from jail, got on is currently has a Twitter account. And I don't know if his Twitter account was hacked, but I saw a screenshot where one of the tweets said, I killed her. I said, look, OJ, I'm not. Orenthal James Simpson, I'm not doing this with you, okay? Your public relations team needs to get you off of the, off of the, the Twitters immediately. Because if you're going to be out here tweeting this, if I killed her foolishness or I killed her or whatever it is you're doing, I don't have time. I know the internet is watching with bated breath, but I personally don't have time. He only has two two tweets. Okay, so I don't know if what I saw was true or not, but like you know, people people delete tweets, so he probably did put it up and delete it. Hopefully, his PR got him together and said, "Take that foolishness down, sir. We don't have time." But uh, I'm I'm very interested to see uh, what OJ's Twitter account is gonna is gonna I am, give me. I'm not. I am because I think OJ's wild. After watching that People versus OJ Simpson, I absolutely believe he killed him. People, I don't know how he got off. It is perplexing to me. I was watching that whole thing with um who was it, it was Courtney B Vance uh, Sarah Pauls and I was like OJ killed them people like yeah I was like I, episode three like oh he killed them people I I, sure. I I think it was just more of the the concern was like like we just black people have been subjugated the whole time so yeah like yeah like people were like I think I think people just bypassed it it was like yeah but. Yeah, I went the way us away all the damn time. Right, right, right. And I feel so, I, I like I, like I watched it and I felt like on one hand like victory for the black man, but also he I think he killed. Him he definitely killed. Like, <laughs> like, like I I think I was ambiguous not, about it before, but after watching that thing, I was like, oh, OJ, OJ killed the people for sure. But um, yeah, that, that was the only victory we can get, so we just we just attached to it. Yeah, we was like, yeah. all right, it's a victory. Yeah, it's a victory that we know. Like I feel like even at the time, all the black people were like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know any black people who believe OJ actually didn't kill that lady. <laughs> Like yeah. they, we, we know it. Yeah, but he was like victory for black people. I don't know about. Yeah, but he he killed that yeah. Um, <laughs> we've been on a public relations um um spiel for the last couple of topics, but next on our public relations spiel, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is leaving the White House. Let's clap it up for that because I was tired of seeing her raggedy self on my televisions telling me whole lies. About what's happening down to the administration. Sis, you was a liar. That smoky eye makeup was basura. You look crazy to be, what was she, the 35? You look nuts, girl. You look stressed. This what ain't I, for you. I'm glad she's getting out of there. I'm tired of these press secretaries. She lasted a long time, though, so I'm actually impressed. Because, uh, you know, old boy, the other guy before her ain't last too long. So I'm actually I, impressed that she's getting out of there, that she lasted as long as she did. What I'll say is I I might be okay with it like her leaving but I feel like whoever they're going to get next is like they're they're all crazy. If if someone agrees to that job, they're probably going to be crazy. Right. Like I'm just like so who's, like who's next in this reality <laughs> show? And if they're not insane, they'll probably be fired soon. Oh my god, let me so, tell you something. <laughs> so like I don't I'm not like we, we, it just be a new crazy. Yeah. What I do know is the White House Human Resources Department is tired of these departures. <laughs> there is a Karen in the White House Human Resources Department that's just like, when she starts somebody onboarding paperwork, she's like, I'm going to just leave this like exit interview date blank because they're coming back. <laughs> I'm going to just leave... I'm gonna just leave this blank, you know. Just you know, I'm I'm Karen already has the exit interview paperwork ready the minute you start because she already knows people don't last around here. Karen at HR at the White House is tired of y'all. She's tired. Yeah, she's tired. People keep leaving. Every, the minute Karen gets somebody a name badge and get them clearance to the rooms, next thing you know, oh, they don't work here no more. Damn, damn. So you know, sad to see Sarah go. Not, but you know. I just want to get off this ride of 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 the political of the political situation in America because I don't know what's happening. Um, 
Moving on to more irrelevant things. Um, so I mentioned Pose last week, and we were talking about Ava DuVernay before. So Pose uh, last week came back on TV. Great. Billy Porter and the gang. Love it. Queen Sugar is also back. Um, Ava DuVernay um, is uh, one of the directors of Queen Sugar. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely check it out. It comes on OWN on, I think, Wednesdays at 9. Let me tell you something. This first episode, I was ready to put my hands on Nova Bordelon. Uh, she's wildin', she's trash, um, and it seems like the family's gonna roast her for her life this season, and I can't wait. She's been annoying from the jump. But both really great shows. I love both these shows, I think, because I like to see um, shows where the cast is predominantly black and they're all varying different shades of black and people of color. It makes me happy. So my summer is getting lit with TV. Um, I think Greenleaf is supposed to be coming back. Um as well only killing it with the shows hockey um those shows be needing you know those shows needs the awards because um <laughs> the awards. give them the awards give them the awards um because they are so good oh my goodness queen sugar is good um last season it got a little convoluted with the writing but overall pretty good show um so yeah if you're looking for some new shows to watch with some black people Check out Pose and Queen Sugar. Uh, you hopefully will love them both. Um, and then um, this is really in completely foolishness news, but, you know, I pay attention to a lot of foolishness on the Internet, so I brought it up. Um, so, as you know, Diddy and Cassie, um, aspiring singer, model, whatever she wants to call herself, were together for like 10 years or so. They broke up. She just announced on the socials that she's pregnant by New Bay. Um, and I think Diddy was petty and got in the comments and said something like congrats and people were looking like Diddy. You know, that's not a real congrats, but whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm happy for Cassie. Good for her. Cause like, I just kept looking at her with Diddy like, girl, he ain't gonna never stop being him. So if you want something out of your life, this ain't gonna be it. He ain't having no more kids. So if you want kids, that's it. Diddy already got like 12 kids. He's not having no more girl. <laughs> so if you're a young, young lady that wants kids, Diddy's not the guy for you. But now they're saying that Diddy's dating Lori Harvey which is Steve Hardy's adopted daughter um, from the wife he's currently married to. Lori Harvey is like an industry pass around. Like, <laughs> like for real. She is. Like, before Diddy, allegedly she was dating Trey Songs. I guess they broke up over this baby he had and no, nobody know who the baby mama is. Then before that, she was dating the race car driver, Lewis Hamilton. Then before that, she was linked to um, Lord. Um, this guy, this soccer player from England, Memphis Depay or something. Like, she's just been around. And this, it looks this, wild. This, it it this, don't look good. Steve needs to get his is, baby. Get him. I'll say this. I, I don't know if it's fair to say someone's getting around because you see them. Okay. This, this, you know Black what? men don't cheat. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Diddy did, for sure. The reason why I say I don't know if it's fair because, like, I'm not saying she, I, you know, let me retract. Look, I'm not saying she is an industry passenger. I'm just saying she looks like one. And and what, what I'll say is this. like The optics aren't good. Number one, a lot of times people want to date somebody who understands the, the celebrity nonsense. Oh, yeah, I get through. it. I That's get number it. one, so sometimes they go for that. And But Diddy, though? Diddy is, like, almost 50. I, I get what you're he saying. He has a kid her age, but I think. I, I, I think that, like, um, it's, it's only... Um, crazy because it's public knowledge mm -hmm. and like the people who are doing that celebrity so people just know what's going on mm -hmm. but like what people call pass around like people who have like 
And a lot of times, it's just people who are going on dates. It doesn't mean that they're in relationships. Right. People just be going on dates. And people go on dates all the time. But I'm just saying, Lori... It, it, it just looks bad. Cause it just it, looks bad. Because it's it's public knowledge. Right. And it's like, Lori is like, you, you, you're you not... You're not like a Cassie or like somebody who was like up and coming when Diddy was talking to them. Like, you have access and, and the ability to do things. You don't need to be with him or be affiliated with someone like him in order to achieve what it is that you want. So it's just like, your daddy is Steve Harvey, girl. You don't you you don't have to do this. And, and that's why I said, like, it, it, it could just be someone said, like... Because hey, then he got a harem, okay? But, why are you part of the harem? Why are you part of harems is what I want to know. All I'm saying is, like, for instance, someone could be like, hey, I'm going on a date, and he's going on a date. And, like, I, I think... Anything like that in celebrity is just always going to be blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's as crazy as people are going to think it is. But I think when you're a celebrity, it's just everything's going to be maxed out. But you know how I know that Lori Harvey, like, the the, 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 the narrative of, of what is being said about Lori Harvey looks crazy? Because, like, they keep mentioning her in songs and stuff like that. I'm just like, it looks crazy, but 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 even if I I feel as if like regardless of how it looks, I feel as if people everyday people are always worse than her, but it's just going to look worse on her because she's public. That's why I'm saying that. Right. I, I I'm I'm pretty sure everybody knows about eighty people who do the same thing that Lori Harvey does, but it looks more crazy because she's Lori Harvey because it's on public knowledge because people see because when she goes somewhere there's a camera following her. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand everything that you're saying. I'm just saying it, it. the optics don't look good. Well, yeah. For either one of them. It doesn't look good for Diddy because that girl's 22. What are you talking to her? What do you, a 50-year-old man, have to talk to a 22-year-old about? Nothing. Like Absolutely nothing. Think think about it this way. Nothing. If, if, what if a camera followed you around what you were you, you were doing when you were in college? You, you just look crazy. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying that I, I've never looked crazy in my life. What I'm saying is, like, the two of them, if they are really dating, if the rumors are true, they look crazy. Yeah. Both of them Correct. look crazy. That's all I had to say. Um, yeah, that was it for this week in random. Um, these are the things that came up on my mind, so I just want to talk to y'all about them. It's ready for the BLM T-tips. 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 All right, so um, this week I'm going to read a quote and then talk about it. This quote is from James Wedmore. It says, Stop thinking of video marketing as this separate entity that is optional for your business. Video is an effective form of communication that needs to be integrated into each and every aspect of your existing marketing efforts. Video marketing is important. People want to see visuals. Um, People want to see visuals of what's going on. People are more inclined to click on videos and see that. Mm -hmm. I think that that goes into commercials. But like nowadays, you don't have to like buy a commercial on on a... um, on a station now, you could just make a, a YouTube video and just circulate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ha- trying to find some kind of video to circulate what's going on, that is the best way to do that. Um, just um, videos showing off a product, video just showing off some of the services you have, video just something to to give somebody a, a breakdown of it because uh, vi- videos can go a long way. Video oh, yeah. it, um, gives emotion. Yeah, and they're easy to share, so someone can like show it to somebody to express or explain what your product or whatever it is is without like trying to verbalize it. Yeah, video gives a lot more emotion than a flyer, a business card, mm-hmm. or a brochure. Right. So it's always good to have some video, even like a small thirty-second video, just to show this is what's happening. 
it's good to always have. Um, once again, if you need assistance on creating a video, you can hit us up at theblm.com. Word. Or email us at contact at the BLM for the bona fide lyrics and marketing. Word. Uh, we are there to help you create videos and um, market your business. Word. All right. Yeah. Um, you have anything else? Um, no. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, that I am proud that you are the father of my child. Yay, I'm and a Yes, you are. Um, you do an amazing job. Um, Avery is lucky to have you as a dad. She has the best dad in the world. Thank you. And, um, you know, I'm just happy that you're in our lives and that you're so amazing. And Thank all that you. jazz. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I wanted you to do like a poem or something, but I know you can't like do that on the fly. You need a little preparation. So... Unless you have something, uh, if you don't, it's fine. We can we can make it happen on another week. It's yeah, cool. next time I got you. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I also want to say um, thank you to everybody who's been listening and who has been like supportive of us. Um, we appreciate all your comments, your feedback, everything. Um, I'm excited that we have made ten episodes so far. This is insanity to me. Like I feel like we just started recording this podcast yesterday. I'm like, I can't believe that time has gone by so quickly. And we're already at episode ten. But I I feel really, really excited about this. This is like a great accomplishment to have made it to episode ten. Let's pray that we keep it going uh, and we get to episode one (laughs) hundred. Yeah, that would be like amazing. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Right. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Tell a stranger. Tell social media. Tell folks to get up on the All Love No Fear podcast because uh, it's going to bless their lives, Word. I hope. Um, once again, you all know where to find us on the socials. We're on the Instagrams, the Twitters, whatever, whatever. Um, we also have our email, alllovenofearpcast at gmail.com. So if you want to reach out to us, we're out here in these streets find us connect with us we would have would be le- would be happy to talk to you i'm a little hungry and tired so like i'm having a hard time talking <laughs> but um, <laughs> i'm like why are my words not coming out right but yeah that's it for this week of the all love no fear podcast hope to talk to you soon we'll see you next week bye Deuces.